Hello and welcome to Powerplay, a brand new game show all about installing plug sockets that are not connected to an electricity source. I'm your host Stench Martin and with me three celebrities you've never heard of who will shortly be going undercover at a secret location to install what at first glance appear to be standard plug sockets but are in fact of no practical use whatsoever. Tonight we're broadcasting live from the headquarters of the Metropolitan Police Force in central London, which of course means it will be Type G sockets that our celebrities will be installing. Well, I'm sure just like us here, you at home can't wait to get started, so let's join together and say the words that get things going round here. On your marks, get set, begin installing. Now, obviously, there are several things our celebrities need to consider when installing their plug sockets here tonight. Firstly, it's very important to install the imitation sockets as close as possible to the operational ones in order to ensure maximum confusion when the power is switched off on Monday morning. Regular viewers will no doubt recall hilarious events from previous shows where in the midst of the blind panic that follows a power blackout, Plugs are frequently reinserted into sockets that have already been correctly identified as imitation. Of course, one thing our celebrities don't know is that shortly after they began installing those imitation Type G plug sockets, myself and the crew locked them safely inside the office in which they were working and are now currently speeding away from the location in an unmarked van. Contrary to what the celebrities were told, although not to the documents they signed, this isn't the first episode of a new game show, but instead an opportunity for the police to test the efficacy of recently introduced counter-terrorism legislation. It's important to remember that in order for the majority of people to fully enjoy the freedoms of a democratic society, it's often necessary that a select few are denied them. And who better to be removed completely from public life than a few representatives from a section of society whose lives bear almost no resemblance to our own. Anyway, that's nothing for you at home to think too much about. Just accept that we're acting in your best interests and continue with your life as if nothing had happened here tonight which of course it hasn't. Tune in tomorrow evening for a brand new documentary about the highly controversial detention centre recently opened to house suspected terrorists. Using illegally obtained CCTV footage featuring three celebrities who no longer legally exist, I will be exposing the shocking conditions at the camp, many of the inmates of which have committed no crime and pose no direct threat to the safety and security of our country. But if that's not your sort of thing, next week at the same time I'll be hosting a brand new game show called Powerplay, in which three celebrities you've never heard of go undercover at a secret location to install what at first glance appear to be standard plug sockets, but are in fact of no practical use whatsoever. Until then I've been Stench Martin. Good night. King is dead. Cool King was extremely healthy because he always ate such cool food. 
People like you probably eat offal and gruel and things, but not Cool King. Cool King only ate water. The only problem with only eating water is that if the only thing you eat is often the only way to effectively store the bodies of recently beheaded people, one day it might cause you to contract a horrible disease. Of course, Cool King was very selective when it came to his water. He refused to drink water from any of the late-night supermarkets in his kingdom. It had to be freshly drawn every morning from the big well in the town square. Unfortunately for Cool King, one day an old tramp who had contracted the plague from a filthy rat entered the throne room and was heard to make a series of disparaging remarks concerning Cool King's king robes. <gasps> Following the customary beheading, the man's body was thrown into the well and his strange blood was later heard oozing into the water at the bottom. The next morning, as Cool King was enjoying his first glass of water, he looked quizzically at the glass and made a face. Hmm, this water tastes suspiciously like it may contain some plague, remarked Cool King before drinking the glass dry and requesting two more. Disturbed by the possible implications of his words, Cool King's physicians carried out a full medical examination and after looking at his tongue for a moment and touching the soles of his feet with a dead field mouse, the physicians pronounced, to the great relief of the court, that Cool King definitely didn't have any plague. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't only Cool King who drank the water from the well. It was everybody else in the kingdom. And it wasn't only Cool King who used the well as a toilet either. It was also everybody else. So when, a few days later, people started waking up with enormous warts all over their faces, the source of the problem was a complete mystery. Cool King immediately began what would soon become the most popular series of witch trials ever staged in his kingdom, with one reviewer describing it as his crowning achievement. However, Despite countless men, women and children being burnt at the stake without having received anything approaching a fair trial, the problems persisted and Cool King turned to the world of science to provide an answer. Medical experts from all four corners of the kingdom were summoned and ordered to investigate the cause of the deaths. But no matter how many animals were trodden upon, the problems continued. Could we not engage the services of a physician from uh, somewhere outside of the kingdom? Asked Cool King sagely. However, when the search for a doctor from further afield was begun, it was soon remembered that all the clever people from distant lands had been killed during one of Cool King's many unwinnable foreign wars. So the search was abandoned and the people responsible for suggesting it were beheaded. Cool King was at a loss. And no matter how many magazines he read about classic rap albums, he just couldn't get the idea out of his head that the unimaginable pain and suffering taking place outside the castle walls was in some way his business. Fortunately for Cool King, he didn't have to listen to the screaming and wailing of his loyal subjects for too long because they very quickly succumbed to the deadly plague. And soon enough, there was nobody left to do any of the jobs and civilization ended. So everything worked out nicely in the end for Cool King.
let me <clears throat> let me tell you a few things about all these people who are being found not guilty these days. Even though it's obvious to everyone how guilty they really are. And the first thing is that most people, even when they're accused in court of having committed a crime, will pretend they didn't do it in order to escape punishment. And thus begins the labyrinth of trickery these vile individuals will attempt to guide us through in order to wrongly convince us of their innocence. I, mean, I, I remember when I was in court giving evidence against my children and some smart aleck in a suit was trying to say I was guilty of something or other, but of course he, he knew I wasn't, so nothing he said sounded true. But the point is that everyone who has to go to court is probably connected to the crime in some way, because otherwise why would they be there in the first place? One, one of the many accusations I made against my children was that on that night in question, they had been tampering with the buttons on the machine that helps my lungs. But some other smart aleck made the people believe that the tampering in question had been little more than adjusting. <laughs> and that I was attempting to have my children imprisoned to avoid having to repay all that money. <laughs> Thankfully, few of the right-minded people present in the court that day accepted this version of events and... Most of my children were subsequently imprisoned, but one of them got away with it. And that fact will haunt me to my dying day. I mean, of course, I'm seeking a retrial, but who knows what stories these smart Alex will invent to discredit me this time. Hello, Nathan Pickledon here with some more poetry. Good news everyone, the company to which I submitted a manuscript has decided to publish my first volume of poems, meaning that by the end of this month I will have achieved my lifelong dream of becoming a published poet. Unfortunately, several individuals in the poetry community have called into question the speed at which this has happened, all of which sounds suspiciously like the green eyes of envy to me, so I will be ignoring their comments. I feel particularly proud of this achievement because it has come about solely through my natural poetic ability and dedication to hard work, rather than through the help of friends or relatives within the industry. I imagine it's very easy for some people to get their manuscript moved to the top of the pile simply by ringing up an aunt or an uncle and asking for a favour, but I have achieved this through hard work and dedication to my craft. This poem is called Privilege. Just because you want to doesn't mean you can. Just because you've won the race doesn't mean you ran. Coming first or coming last are really not that unalike if the only way you won the day was riding someone else's bike. I'm retiring from poetry today. Goodbye.
Hello and welcome to taking Mescaline on the night bus and hoping I'm still alive when we reach the final stop. It's 2.35am, I'm seated quite comfortably, about halfway down the left-hand side of the top deck of this night bus. We're on our way to Trafalgar Square and I believe we're scheduled to arrive at about 4.15am. I took my Mescaline about half an hour ago just as we were leaving Hyde Barnet. I've already experienced an unmistakable occurrence of Dr. Kluver's cobweb figure, which means the psychedelic protoalkaloids have already begun work on the serotonin receptors in my brain. A few moments ago, I had the great fortune to see a pteranodon on the seat next to me, that I'm fairly certain wasn't there, but as my sensory perception is currently severely impaired, I really can't be sure about anything at the moment. Anyway, I'm just going to sit back here See what happens. Well, wasn't that exciting? I'm pleased to tell you that although I'm completely naked, save for a pair of socks and these splendid brogues, I am still very much alive. I'm currently lying in what I believe is a drainage ditch somewhere. I have no idea exactly who I am, where I am or how I got here, but uh, one thing I am certain of is that due to the intense cold last night, my head, my right arm and part of my torso currently frozen to the ground. I've been calling for help for the last few minutes, but sadly to no avail. All of which leads me to believe I may have ended up in an isolated location, somewhere on the Kent-Sussex borders perhaps, and will, in all probability, die of hypothermia some point in the next few minutes. Good night.